Welcome to Skid Mark Show, America's favorite show about cars, rock stars, and the stars that drive cars. And sometimes about rock stars and stars in cars. Starring your host, Jeff Allen, from CNBC's The Car Chasers and the World Air Guitar Championships. And Ethan D., a professional groupie and soloist in his seventh grade choir recital. Join us in our misadventures as we go streaking across America. Powered by Bill. Hey guys, it's Al Petroli from the Trans-Siberian Orchestra, and you listen to the Skidmark Show. Hi, this is Sung King, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show. What's up, everybody? It's Heavy D from Diesel Brothers, listening to Skidmark Show. Skidmark Show! And we're kicking it off with Spider from Power Man 5000. But he's not the only one. After that, we are going to talk to a guy who makes his money with his hand up a puppet's ass, Jeff Dunham. <laughs> and then... <laughs> Then we're going to finish it off with Sarah Price, 17-time national motocross champion. And we'll wrap up the show as we get ready for SEMA in Vegas. Here we go. Start the engine. Kick it into gear. Let's go. Yo. Hey, buddy. What are you doing? You know, just waiting for you to call. That's about it. All right. Cool. See? Yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Ladies and gentlemen, Skidmark Show. It's my buddy uh, Spider from Power Man 5000. Jeff and I were yeah. just talking about significant others. And your, oh, no. yeah, your new one is in the video uh, for Sid Vicious in a Dress. Sid Vicious in a Dress. Isn't that your your lady? Yeah, yeah. You noticed. Well, no, I think Wes told me, and then I went and watched the <laughs> video so I would know what she looks like in case I bump into her with you at some point. <laughs> well, I think you guys did. Uh, last time we were through uh, Lubbock, we all played the show together, so it all, it's all coming together now. Well, then uh, don't tell her that I forgot who she was. <laughs> I will. That would be a good idea. <laughs> a really good idea. Ethan. Yeah, Power Man 5000. Okay, check this out, Jeff. Okay. Uh, it's tooling around YouTube the other day. Uh, Power Man's got a new album out. Sweet. Yeah. And uh, new well, coming out October 27th. So oh, it's not out yet. Right October before 27th. Halloween. <laughs> oh, that's right. Per- perfect exactly. timing. Absolutely it is. Um, And then, so the album's coming out uh, October uh, 27th. A new track is called Sid Vicious in a Dress. And I scroll into the YouTube and I stumbled across all these cover songs uh, by Power Man 5000. And I was like, where did these come from? Apparently like 10 years ago, they released a covers album that even I didn't know about. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm friends <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> so what are what all are the cover songs that you had? on that that album forever ago yeah that was a cra- that cover tunes record was weird because it was uh it was uh, i think it was in 2011 we got hit up by um this record label cleopatra records and they do a lot of like compilation records or like you know reissuing of old albums anyway so they hit us up to do uh i think 13 cover tunes they're like hey we'll pay you x amount of money to do 13 cover tunes and we'll use them for our you know halloween compilation record whatever and we're like all right that sounds cool like that's sounds fun so we ended up doing all these uh, songs and lo and behold in the fine print it said that they did have the option of releasing it as an album um which we just thought this is not going to happen and then fast forward and there is suddenly a cover tunes album that no one know- no one knows about but slowly is discovering but yeah there's a lot of cool stuff we tried to you know um i mean i at least tried to do a lot of stuff that was you know stuff that influenced me growing up so you got some devo you got some david bowie you got some t-rex you've got a lot of like 80s New Wave, there's a Fix song, there's a, I can't remember what's on there, uh, Eddie Grant, Electric Avenue, remember that song? Yeah, there's all man. kinds of stuff like, yeah. That one fits, so, uh, it fits your sound so well, too. When I heard you guys doing that one, I was like, it's almost like you wrote the song originally. But yeah. Yeah, it was, it was rad. And then we did, uh, I think we did Van Halen Jump, and 
uh, Twisted Sister, We're Not Gonna Take It. So there's a lot of really cool songs on there, but we tried to do it. And so, you know, the original idea, whenever you're gonna do cover tunes, you're like, oh, this will be easy. We don't have to write anything. And it ends up being more difficult and more work than making an original record. Cause you start making the cover tunes. You're like, well, we don't wanna just do what they did because it'll sound awful, you know? So we got to make it our own. And so you, you really end up putting about just as much effort in as making a brand new record. Um, but the, yeah, there's some cool stuff to discover on that. Uh, and I think it's also available on vinyl, which is like a rarity for us because we don't have anything on vinyl. You should take one of those to the club and go DJing sometime. Wiki, wiki, wiki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that the sound you make? That, you that's the sound I make, but I make that <laughs> yeah, right. sound, you know, uh, at home alone in bed too. So uh... when you just did that, did you like make the motion with your hand if you're scratching I, the record, I did. He did. I can, yeah. uh, I can definitely <laughs> testify to that. And let me ask, did you add, did you also add like you leaned your head to the side as if you had your headphones <laughs> yeah. one one ear on one out? Well, on. I've got my headphones on. That's how I'm oh, listening okay. to you right now. So yeah, it totally counts. All right, cool. cool. Yeah, he, he busted into pure Steve Aoki right there. With the... Yeah, I just wanted to get I just just wanted to get a visual. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. <laughs> That's right. Okay, who's in the, who's in the band now? You guys are going back out on tour and the. The thing is, the band is it evolves constantly. You have some members last for a few albums, a few tour cycles. You get some brand yeah. new ones. Who's in it? Who's in it now? Anybody I know? Some would say evolve. Others might say devolve. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think it's. Just, I actually think it is. Yeah, it's the same uh, lineup as the last time uh, we were out when we when we ran into you guys in in uh, in Lubbock. So it's uh, it's still Rattan on drums and Merv on bass and Ryan and Ty on guitar. I mean, it's funny because you have these you have a lot of member i have a lot of member changes but it's suddenly like the new guy is not that new anymore you know he's been in for like two years but it just seems like every it's always changing you know it's it's a it's a common question i always get like why why so many band member changes and i'm like i don't really know why but i just figure like we've been i've been doing this for over 20 years so you know to to be able to hold together the same it's hard enough to just have a band right and like you know but to hold the same people all the time um is virtually impossible you know yeah. i don't know how bands do it i mean i i always assume that's what it would be like you start a band you figure oh it'll just be these guys forever and then suddenly one guy's you know goes nuts and quits and one guy doesn't want to tour anymore and one guy has a severe drug problem so you got to fire him or whatever it is you know so suddenly you're like more members deep than you can count but um but to me the upside is that it's like new people bring new energy you know new people bring new ideas and it's like the band other than me and never gets older which is good because i can keep hiring younger guys so it's like it's it's like he's not a bunch of old guys on stage <laughs> just one just one just one old guy and the rest are like you know, it's like old guys uh, that just keep dating younger and younger girls you yeah know. but you well, age well look, spider you don't look well, uh, you don't look old yeah. so that's good too well that's why because i do the other thing too which is i just my girlfriend's you know 17 years younger than me so that keeps so everything is the grand plan to never get old you know it's like that's the whole trick so you're the dirty old man always dating the the same age woman apparently well, look at look here's the way <laughs> look we talk about this a lot because age difference in relationships only gets weird depending on the time of life right so i'm 17 years older than her not that weird right now right because she She's in her 30s, you know, yeah. I'm going to do the math, you know. Right. Um, now, if I was 17 years old and she was a newborn, yeah, that's a little <laughs> bit weird, right? Or... Uh, it's know, a, it's or, a little uh, more than weird. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it just, it's really just a perspective issue, really. Oh, you know. <laughs> it depends. Yeah. I mean, think about it. It's worked for Hugh Hefner for all these years. 
Think about that, right? Yeah, I think I yeah. think it's something. I honestly think it's a it's a really like natural uh, thing because you know as men we we are like really never mature and you know I've come to realize as I get older you will never not look at like a hot nineteen year old girl and I'll be like hmm you know right. no matter how old you get so when you think that old man with a cane walking down the street is not noticing I think he probably is you know I just think it's it's like it's something that we never grow out of so uh, that's why those know. old guys always wear those big dark glasses over their yeah. glasses. Yes. That's right. That's not for the sun. That's just to be super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> he just found the fountain of youth. I see? And it's No, he did. Oh, he, oh, he yeah, did. And it's okay. probably cheaper, you know, than Tom Cruise because Tom Cruise is going in and getting little tweaks here and there and there. Yeah, Tom Cruise is doing surgery and yeah. I, I would not have thought that going on the road for, you know, to over 20 years would have kept you looking young. I thought it would have been like the opposite because you look at a lot of band guys. They got like 60, 70 years worth of living in five yeah. years on the road. Some of them yeah. look, look that way before they started. Yeah, that's yeah. true. If you look at like... Uh, and then you add in, you know, like the extracurriculars on the road on top of that. Correct. And well, yeah, I mean, that'll 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 fuck you up every... I mean, I, that's one thing, unfortunately, I've been able to avoid. I've never had to, like, you know, go to rehab and all that. Like, that, that stuff takes a toll. Like, I've yeah, you're right. Sometimes you see bands, you tour them one year, and you're like, everyone seems like all these kids, and then you run into them two years later, and like... Jesus, what happened to you? <laughs> you <know? laughs> like two years of like, you know, doing shots and, you know, eating pizza every night. And But I think that like, you know, I think like the other, you know, it is really about, uh, I mean, I don't know you guys feel the same way. I feel like if you, if you stay interested as you get older in the stuff that you were always interested in when you were young, it keeps you young. Whereas, you know, I think a lot of people, they think, they feel like, oh, at this point I have to grow up and I can't be interested in music anymore. And I can't, I, I have to stay focused on, the, the stock market or whatever the hell you know old responsible people do and like but for me i've never really grown out of liking you know music and stupid movies and comic books and all this all the dumb stuff i liked when i was a kid so i feel like i've just never really you know emotionally like not emotionally but, you know, like yeah like it just you know so it keeps you like feeling like like i always just feel like i'm a dumb kid I could be the oldest guy in the room and I'm always like, I'm the stupid kid everybody's looking at and thinks is an idiot. You know, it's like, I, I always feel that way. <laughs> I think so it, I, is, I think in life, the only thing that really changes is the price of our toys. You know, yeah, we, sure. we don't really change. It's <laughs> just true. the price of our toys. Yeah, I mean, because in my toy box, I always like to get a bigger one, <laughs> as we know. <laughs> Who doesn't want a yeah. bigger toy box and more toys to play? So, yeah, I, I feel that you're, you're exactly right. I think you hit it, the nail right on the head right there. Because... Now, you said you, uh, you're talking about stupid movies. Of course, we all love stupid movies. Um, last time I saw you do anything, of course, you had the show on MTV. Are you doing any movie TV stuff right now? Obviously, you did the album. You're about to go on tour. But has there been any of that movie or TV um, things going on in the background or coming out later? I mean, yeah, I mean, nothing, nothing is <clears throat> scheduled to come out, but I'm always working on stuff. And, it you know, it takes forever. It's a lot different than, you know, being in a band where it's like, if I want to play a show, I, you know, book a show and go play with it, with developing something for TV or film. It's like, God, it's like an endless process. But, but I have been, you know, I did, I did um, last year develop a thing with Disney, which is weird. It just kind of fell in my lap to do a, an animated kid show for Disney. And um, I worked on that for like a year and it never went to series, but like, fortunately you can get the rights back. So now the big plan is to like go back out with it and go to Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network and all that kind of stuff. So hopefully something will develop from that but you know i'm always like writing stuff and trying to get something going um 
you know, so hopefully we'll, you know, get some of that, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants money coming flowing in and just kick back. <laughs> yeah, well, if that, if that comes to fruition, uh, you know, I do a lot of character voices. You can call me, and Jeff here has been a B horror movie um, star. Is that the word? Uh, I mean, I, I've had some leading roles. Yeah, exactly. yeah. so um, Jeff's so, been in the horror movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I do voiceover oh, yeah? stuff. Yeah, so what, yeah. what was the biggest what, movie uh, you, were, you were in, Jeff? Uh, well, the names are pretty funny, um, but I was the legend of Bloody Jack, where I was a reincarnated lumberjack that goes on a killing spree. Yeah. Um, I also did a did a movie with C. Thomas Howell, you know, you know, yeah. Pony Boy, and it was called Mutant Vampire Zombies from the Hood. Do you know, nice. that, do you know yeah. that one, Spider? Mutant yeah, Vampire yeah. Zombies from the Hood? I, less, oddly enough, it's on my queue on Netflix. I'm watching it tonight. I'll let you know. <laughs> and then, actually, the, the funny one was uh, I did a show called Freak Show, and um, it's so funny because every once in a while it'll pop up around Halloween time and people will start blowing up my Facebook. I think I just saw you playing a nice. uh, strong man in the circus. Uh, yeah. Because that was That's one that amazing. people actually did watch. Yeah, a, it was. A couple. It was <laughs> I, I don't know that <laughs> anybody, I don't know that anybody ever actually watched any of them, but these were all this was back when, you know, you're talking about Blockbuster that yeah. was still open. So these were straight to these straight were to video. B-rated straight to video. Would that be straight to Netflix now? I think it would be. Okay. It can yeah. be. Yeah, straight yeah. to on demand is the new <laughs> straight to on I mean, demand. It's, and it's and it's not like it's not uh it's not a bad thing anymore. Like I think that used to be like god if you didn't get your movie in the in the theater it was like a disaster but now i think it's you think anybody you know it's because you're either a, you know the avengers or you're going straight to on demand like it just doesn't there doesn't seem to be much in between anymore you know you can live a good life straight to on demand yo you can and there's a there's a lot of people out there that have done you know back in the day straight to right video and look at look at some of the big actors like Jean-Claude Van Damme and Dolph Lundgren I mean they, they did they've got a plethora yes. of straight to video straight movies to video, so right. I don't feel like I'm missing anything no now. you're seeing it's a lot of parallels between music now like where you know you know the it, it's it used to be like the one out like you get your record out and it's a physical copy and it's in the shelf at Tower Records and like that was like the goal and, or you know or an end cap at Walmart or whatever and now it's like you know it doesn't work that way it's same thing with movies it's not you know it's not like if you don't get in the theater it's a failure you just got to find the 40 other uh you know outlets to you know and it all adds up you know and uh there are movies that are really successful that i've never showed on a, a screen you know what i mean um, and one of the weird speak- things too lately that we've been getting hit with with all of our production ideas is you know hey you know how about youtube red <laughs> and yeah. i'm like that's a new one yes it is you know instead of a instead yeah. of a network exactly know? so you know it's funny I, I think in the past five minutes we have alienated at least half of our audience by saying the terms tower records and blockbuster because they don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's that <laughs> oh, well man. speaking of horror movies did you guys see the new it movie or what i haven't seen it yet I um haven't. i'm I'm thinking I should. I, I never read the book, and I, I, thankfully I never saw the original miniseries. Well, let's TV. be honest, you've never read any books. No, right? I read. I did read Pet Cemetery, um, <laughs> okay. but that was like that, and uh, I think Encyclopedia Brown might be as far yeah. as I went. No, but other than that, I don't read any books. I, it, mine was a Red Fern Grows. I think it was the. Last I had that read to me. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Did, did you go see the it one? Did you like that one? I saw it, and yeah, I haven't read. I didn't read the book either because it's like ten thousand pages long. But um, yeah. you know, honestly, it's really good. It's really good. Like I, you know, I, I'm really like I'm a pretty critical guy when it comes to stuff. And I went in and just fell into it. And it's it's good. It's fun. It like it, it it really feels like authentic, and it's it's genuinely kind of scary at moments. And uh, I can see why it's such a massive hit. It's just a like really solid movie. So which is nice to. 
because usually I just this I'm mean, you just go to the movies and you're just like ugh just wasted my two hours I'll never get back again yeah, you know that's true. but uh, yeah I definitely recommend it I just think um, we're gonna see a lot of clowns this Halloween I just yeah I, I really think it's gonna be we saw a lot of clowns last year and it wasn't even around Halloween uh, until people started shooting at them you know just the random clowns in parks and correct things. Uh, well everybody thought it was cool to do the pranks and stuff yeah, and then it kind of got ca- carried away it's not it's not funny yeah well I don't think a bunch <laughs> of red balloons and you know no, no. not funny and, and, and we're in Texas so yeah. most of us are armed yeah we shoot we will shoot so, red balloons on site yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the new album is what's the name of the new album? It's called New Waves because it's a, just like Blockbuster and Tower Records. It's a term. <laughs> it's a term that no one's familiar with, so I figure I can just own it and make it my own. You like Gene Simmons? Did you just trademark it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I created New Wave. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay, and it's out digitally October twenty. Are you doing an actual pressing, an actual CD? Or yeah, it- yeah, there'll be, uh, yeah, there'll be, uh, there'll be, you know, actual physical copy, uh, you know, available wherever they're still available, like Best Buy <laughs> and stuff like that. You know, Fye. There's, there's still a few outlets that you can, and then you can also like, there's, there's pre-order. But if you like a physical copy, you can go on our Facebook or wherever and pre-order the physical. You know, so because a lot of people still actually want physical copies. So, um, but yeah, but it'll, it'll be available digitally everywhere and uh october 27 you can pre-order it now and get the single you know like the instantly a kind of thing on itunes or wherever um but yeah it's a it's a it, the record kicks ass and it's uh, we're gonna play some new stuff when we get on the road we're heading back on the road on the 20th of october and uh you know just doing it all again and go out and have some fun well hopefully i'll see you out on the road brother uh if not we'll talk to you again sometime soon good luck on the new album and you keep plugging away at all those uh new terms and, and new stores yeah. and <laughs> and just keep, yeah. and just keep keeping up with the younger girlfriend. That's yes. what we gotta say. That's, yeah. yeah, well, you know, I, 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 she's got another couple of years, and then it's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> Spider uh, Power Man Five Thousand. And I, and I only say that because you're not standing next to me because I would be afraid to say that because if you watch if you watch the video, she's hardcore. She, be, she see how she behaves. She she she's like she asked me when we were filming. She's like, how do you how do you want me to approach this? I'm like, just be you, but dial it back about ninety percent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna put the video up on our Facebook page. We, so we people have can, to. Yeah, I, I've got to go see it right now. I, I, and, yeah, I think people will understand what you're talking about. Just go to the Facebook page. Yeah, and you, you know, thank you guys all for tuning in for Skidmark Show and, and listening to relationship advice from a Spider <laughs> from Power Man Five Thousand. It's a uh, thin love line. <laughs> yeah. Hey, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, I'll be in Vegas on Halloween, so I won't see you in Lubbock, but hopefully we'll uh, up when you're back around. Yeah, we'll do it again. All right. Well, thanks for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun talking to you guys. Hey, thank you. Always, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Be safe, buddy. All right. Bye. Well, I'm going to tell you after that interview right now, I think we need to change our whole motto. You think so? Yeah, I think we're going to be like Adam Carolla and Dr. Drew because I felt like it was an episode of Love Line. I think so. That would fit. You know, and, and Spider had a whole lot of uh, really good advice for people on how to keep dating younger and younger women. Valid points. Yeah. Um, I actually got an interview with the guy Jeff Dunham, who's a ventriloquist. And instead of Oh, okay. Younger- for a minute, I thought you were going to tell me he used to date Spider. No, he didn't date Spider. He dates puppets. Oh. Yeah. Then so what? He, he can build. He's a ventriloquist. Oh, okay. Hand up. The, oh, the freaky kind the with freaky the mouth kind. that yeah. moves and it's yes. like me in horror movies. Yeah, and he's got the one that's purple and green. His name's Peanut, and he goes. Meow. Yeah, I, I know you know this guy. You'll know him when I talk to him. But will we really be talking to him, yes. or will we be, we be talking to the puppet? Yes. Okay. Hello. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Jeff Dunham. How's it going? Jeff Dunham, that's great, man. How are you doing? Everything's peachy. Fantastic. Um, okay, first question. When you're home, not practicing, not on the road, do you keep Peanut and the characters in their boxes locked away so that they can't haunt my nightmares? I set them up all at the dinner table. <laughs> I can actually see that happening. Yeah, we're doing a reality show soon, and after that, I'll be locked up. Okay, well, that's great. How did you figure out that you could get paid for being schizophrenic? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I just kept doing shows, and they kept saying, yeah, I keep doing it. So, I don't know. Here we are. You know, uh, you are the man who literally one-handed um, made ventriloquism not stupid anymore. And uh, it's an art form, and now people actually respect it for for the fact that it can be funny. Well, I appreciate that more than you know. I uh, I, I didn't know when I was a kid that what I was doing was lame. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I just, and I nobody made, I think I must have grown up in a really good neighborhood and a really good high school where you were just accepted for whatever reason. Or if people were making fun of me, they did it behind my back and I didn't know it. But uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I But I, when I moved out to Los Angeles in 1988 and started doing comedy clubs out here, uh, I realized the only way I was going to compete was to be funny, and I can't, couldn't just be amusing and and good at the skill, because I'd be following folks like Seinfeld and, and Leno uh, in the clubs, and it's like you know, if you're going to compete with that, you're going to have to come up with some jokes and some material. So, so they'd actually have you closing after some of the the big guys. Um, no, no, night. you know what? There, there's what there's showcase clubs that are different from regular comedy clubs. That's what like the Melrose Improv is. And sometimes another place called the Comedy Magic Club down in Hermosa where they don't build a show where it's not like beginning, middle, and end. It's just like comic after comic after comic. Right. And that's what the Melrose Improv is, the showcase club. So when they don't have a show show and nobody's advertised, that's what it is. And, yeah, sometimes it would be incredible names on stage. And then guess what? Somebody you've never heard of. And those are what nightmares are made of. (laughs) So you're saying it's kind of like that. I think it's a Showtime show that's out right now about a comedy club in the 70s in LA um, you know what everybody keeps talking about that ask me about it and I I need to, it's one of those things it's like how, how do you not how did you not watch Breaking Bad you know what I mean right. so I, I need to go watch that because people keep mentioning it but yeah that's I've heard that it's fairly accurate well I I'll, okay I'll tell you this I've watched the show I made it to like five episodes and I realized for a show about a comedy club it's not very funny so really? I, I kind of quit you know is it mainly drugs and rock and roll that kind of thing there's a lot of both of those and there are some uh, comedians on stage but they're i guess they're just such 1970s one-liner joke jokes that it's not you know the kind of com- comedy that i've grown up with where people actually tell stories you know you know i i is it on netflix where is it i, I think it's showtime i think it's one of the the paid channels showtime hbo one of those i don't even know if i get showtime <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if I get HBO either. I don't know. I think I get CNN. I don't know. Well, with that many voices in your head, you probably don't need TV at all, right? <laughs> I'm amazed at how many people that are in the business actually don't watch TV. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to, well, starting to stop, I would say. It's, it's just not what it used to be. I do have to say this. One of the funniest things I ever saw in stand-up comedy was when you played uh, a show in Lubbock in our big arena, 10,000 people there, and I don't even remember the whole joke. I just remembered at some point Peanut dropped the F-bomb and and the place went nuts because it was hilarious and unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, my show is not uh, a kid's show. So no. please don't bring the four-year-old thinking you're going to have a good time. 
this is this is more for you know it's stand up comedy. It just happens to have the characters in it. It's not filthy, but it's PG thirteen ish. Yeah, and and I think that's what shocked everybody is because oh, it's a puppet show. The kids are gonna love it, and then you got P- and out of nowhere, it just and wow, it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the whole show, but yeah, that happens now. <laughs> no, it's not the whole show, but since that was so many years ago, that is the one joke I remember. <laughs> That's really funny. You remember the one, the one f bomb in the show ten years ago? It's great. Yeah. Now this uh, this time when you're rolling around, you're playing some slightly smaller venues. Is that do you like that better? I mean, everybody loves the thrill being on stage in front of ten thousand people. But well, the reason we did that is because the Netflix special this just came out. We didn't know exactly when it was going to be on. Uh, on uh, you know on available so you know it's always like the rock band they you don't tour until you release the album because the the tour is what it, it, they feed off each other you know right so we booked a handful of the uh, of the theaters in Texas before we got to the big arenas again and I I actually do like the theaters because it's kind of a it's a more intimate setting you get a more immediate reaction and it's it, it's it's two different things it's like eating apple pie or or, or you know chocolate cake it's two different thing so um i I love them both and uh you know i I think we still have the giant screen though and i think people like that because you get to see straight up and close and personal as if you're watching it on tv so it's good yeah and the giant screen works really well because um unless people have seen you on tv they probably don't realize the facial expressions that you can coerce out of your characters are it's just it's in the thousands it's it's immense how many different expressions you make i don't know how many well you got like a hundred levers in their head or what's going on? <laughs> yeah, something like that. But, you know, that's one of the things about the art that people uh, don't realize is that there's a lot of acting going on there between the dummy and the, and the guy. And uh, that's what you have to do. You have to convince people that there's more than one person on stage up there. And I think that's why people keep coming over and over again. Uh, it's because they love the characters. They love the material. They love the jokes. Forget the ventriloquism part. It's the, you know, it's the entertainment value that hopefully people are paying for. All right. On a totally different subject, since you are probably the highest paid ventriloquist in the history of history, um, have you, uh, are you much of a toy guy? Did you go out once you started making money? I do a podcast. It's all about cars and rock stars. You're a rock star of the ventriloquism world. Did you go out and buy any big uh, fancy cars to cruise around in or get Peanut, uh, his own little mini kids uh, Beamer or something? Well, I have a ridiculous collection of cars and the vehicles that I like are ones that start conversations. In other words, I have a, a handful of the, the supercars, the amazing vehicles of, of you know, four GT, a couple of those. But I also have the ones that when you drive up to a gas pump, you know who that guy is and you're going to talk to him or you're not going to talk to him. So no Lambos, no Ferraris, none of that. But uh, muscle cars I love, uh, George Barris stuff, I have a, a handful of those. Uh, I have a, a magnificent pacer. I have an incredible Levi's Gremlin. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, I also have a 70 Cuda. So you know what I mean? So those are the kinds of things that I love. But every one of those cars uh, will bring smiles to the faces of somebody and start a conversation. So that is my whole whole deal with vehicles. So your comedy actually kind of pulls over into your car collection, too. Some of it's a little bit funny. Well, it's like my car collection is like most people's iPods or your iPhone. You you don't have just one genre of 
music on your iPod, you know you have eight different things on there. Oh, yeah. I bet everybody has a little bit of rock and roll, a little bit of country, a little bit of uh, adult contemporary, whatever it is. And that's kind of what my car collection as well. So being like your kids, can you say that you have a favorite uh, car that you drive around and you put Peanut, you know, in, in the passenger side and you go cruising around well, town? Well, I won't put Peanut in it, but I do have uh, two different Batmobiles. One, a 66 replica, the Adam West one, which yeah. is a beautiful... Beautiful, almost perfect replica. It has all the toys. It has the saw in the front. It has uh, the flames actually shoot out the back, the whole thing. But I also have the, uh, a Keaton one from the Tim Burton movie in the Batman Returns, the second one. And it was actually used in the production of that film. It's not a replica. It was the stand-in car, the third car. Um, and that one, it, it, you know, when I got it uh, off auction, it had uh, a, a 350 crate motor in it, piece of crap. We ended up putting an Li7 Corvette engine in it, made it street legal, put air conditioning in it, and that is, I mean, talk about causing accidents. You got to be really careful because you know, you know how it is when you're looking at something, you'll you'll drive toward it and smash into it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I always have a chase vehicle chasing people away because uh, the iPhones come out the window and people start, you know, you're, you're risking causing really bad problems on the freeway. <laughs> oh, I bet you are. I was at uh, SEMA last year, and they had the Batmobile from the recent piece of crap Superman Batman movie, but the Batmobile was awesome as hell. Oh, that thing, and you know it's a, it's a lane and a half wide. Yeah, oh, it's, it's huge. Yeah, and they can't drive it anywhere. I was at Leno's uh, when he did a, a, they wanted to use my Batmobile because he had Adam West on. This was a year and a half ago, obviously, the, before Adam West died. Uh, but they did a bit with, with Jay driving that Batmobile that you're talking about and then adam west pulls up in the 66 behind oh. jay and they want to race that's awesome <laughs> yeah. hey uh if you happen to be anywhere near vegas for sema this year i'll be there again come hang out man i'd, I'd love to shake your hand and uh either one even the puppet hand i'm totally cool with that that's fantastic you know i was actually at sema we got together with chrysler and uh built uh this was pre-hellcat we actually took a Challenger and made it what it should have been had it been a Hot Wheels car. Oh, man. That's cool. We've had the guy that builds the Hot Wheels cars uh, for real, like the ones that did the, the loop-de-loops and the jumps. Um, he's actually a friend of the show, too. So we love those giant real-life Hot Wheels. Well, you know what? Look, Just look up Jeff Dunham Ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. That's the name of the car that we did. And you have to know the Challenger to know what you're looking at. Because, I mean, every every point on that vehicle was redone from the Flender, fender flares to the the the, the splitter, uh, everything, uh, and it's and again it's pre Hellcat, and now the the demons coming out and they're taking they've they've taken a little uh, some cues from from the ultraviolet and put that in as well. Oh, that's awesome, man! That's that's just beautiful. Well, Jeff, thanks for joining us, buddy. Cool, man. Did you know Jeff Dunham actually broke the record for the most tickets ever sold for a comedy tour? No, I didn't. Seriously, the guy was playing arenas. I mean, like 10,000, and he still does. This, this tour is going out 10,000-seat arenas. Huge. Speaking of not knowing things. I'm great at that. Me too. Have you ever heard of a girl named Sarah Price? Uh, no, I haven't. Have you? Dude, I don't know why we haven't sooner. Yeah? This girl is a 17-time national motocross champ. No way. Yeah, and she competes in beauty contests. And she's a stunt woman. Okay, well, let's get her on the phone. I already want to talk to and her. And she drives rally trucks. Really? Yeah. Man, she is so... Do your nails on Monday, break them on Tuesday, baby. I did mine on Thursday, actually. All right, let's dial her up. Once again, the rings you hear are legitimate rings. We're actually calling people as we speak. Yeah, these are real rings. Yeah, this, this is real. Like a, a, a lot of other shows put in. We them. never fake them. We never fake them. Or the dialing. No. 
We don't even use a dialing wand. We use yeah, fingers. Yes. With the bat fingers. Yeah, sometimes we misdial. Hello? Hi, is this Sarah Price? Yeah, this is her. Hi, Sarah. This is Jeff Allen and Ethan D, and we're Skidmark Show. Awesome. How are you guys? We're, we're doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I uh, just ending a day at home for once. <laughs> oh, so you're not out on the road? Because I was reading some of your bio, and it says that you're a 17-time national champion. It's like, do you ever do anything except drive or race? Uh, you know, I actually, I live for it. So I'm pretty busy all the time and I do so many different disciplines. So actually 17 uh, time national champion was when I was uh, in motocross. And so it's been a whole other run of racing and championship since in cars. So how old are you now though? Cause oh, you're not supposed to ask a woman no, no, her I, age. She's, she's very, very <laughs> young. I know, but that's okay. just, okay, let's just say somewhere in the 20s. Yeah, well, maybe. So yeah. she started when she was two. I mean, <laughs> that's, I'm trying You're to math in my head. Yeah, I can't no, math I, it in my head. Buddy, I think I'm really close. Okay, you I, think you are? I, I, I think I'm really close to when she started, yes. Started when she was a national champion from two. I just turned 25. See? See? There you okay, go. So okay, so back that up. 17. 17. Uh, that's, um, yeah. Wait, wait, how old He's is, bad at math. How old is Spider? No. <laughs> Uh, wow, you are just um, epic. That's that's crazy. That many national championships for someone so young. That's awesome. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I uh, I've been a busy busy girl ever since I was I believe twelve years old is when I started going nationally racing. Uh, my parents took me out for motocross and had a, a great career on two wheels. And then when I was about I would say eighteen to twenty, I'd have to do the math, but um, I started car racing. How old were you? when you first started riding motorcycles? Eight years old, actually. I was eight. I got an XR50 on Christmas one morning. Was that like... Uh, was that you, a hint? Was you, did you ask for it? Or was that just, you know, mom and dad uh, said, let's do something fun? Well, you know what's really funny about it? My brother, he raced motorcycles. And I always race, or not raced horses, but jumped horses. And uh, was a full cowgirl, kind of, let's say. And uh, my parents didn't know what to do with all my energy when they would take my brother to the track and have him go and practice for motocross so uh, they bought me a dirt bike and thought hey well while he's training on the big track we can put her on the peewee track and it burns their energy and gives us something to do and little did they know what that would turn into one horsepower turned into 50 and then just kept going <laughs> that's awesome yeah and now you're showing your brother up does he feel bad that you're so much better than he is <laughs> No, uh, my brother actually, he was an incredible athlete. And there comes a time in motocross when you can get hurt and you kind of keep going forward or you get hurt and kind of just sticks with you and makes you a different rider. And my brother was more or less like, ah, I'm going to go live normal life. And uh, I stuck with the dedicated, you know, like really don't have much of a life besides train and just put your head down and be the best dirt bike rider you can be. Well, and, I've, uh, I've got to yeah. say, I think you have quite a life because, you know, between that, doing the stunts. Yeah, and then you also did some beauty pageant stuff like when do you when do you sleep do you sleep <laughs> i know i don't sleep very much <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you what are you like, you're doing the sleep i'm like still thinking about everything i'm like oh man like let's do that or no this sounds cool or you know <laughs> like you're, you're dreaming about racing when you're sleeping aren't you honestly yes <laughs> <laughs> So what's your favorite? I mean, you've raced the big uh, trophy trucks. You've done the off-road uh, motorcycles. What do you prefer? I mean, obviously, you'll race anything. What's your favorite? 
honestly, so motocross is always, I, I obviously dedicated my whole childhood to motocross. So that has a big part in my heart. And from a, a passion standpoint, which, you know, I'm very passionate about racing in any aspect. But I have to say the trophy truck is honestly the coolest thing I've ever had the opportunity to do and, uh, and race. So, yeah, the, the trophy truck is kind of at the top of my list, though. <laughs> <laughs> Was it, getting back to the motocross for a minute, who were your, um, you know, like inspirations back then? I mean, other than your brother. You know, my, so the funny thing is my dad actually raced off-road cars when I raced motorcycles. So uh, he was still my inspiration when I was on two wheels. And, uh, yeah, so kind of, you know, I just looked at everyone. I, I didn't really have any, uh, you know, one specific idol. I uh, I kind of picked and choose and looked at inspiration out of a few really successful riders or racers or people I just really liked as human beings. But my dad mainly was my inspiration. And then when I went to four wheels, you can only imagine how excited our family was to have a cage around me and then also go to my dad's roots of racing Baja and desert racing in cars. Did you get to the point when you were racing motorcycles where you were doing some of the stunt jumps like uh, many of the exes? You were in the X Games. You did what? Super she meddled. Right. She meddled in it. Was that in, in the in the stunt stuff or was that in racing? Uh, that was in racing more or less. The stunt stuff it's, uh, you know, it, it's pretty it looks really awesome on TV but you'd be surprised uh, if the things we do and how safe we actually make things um on set but when it comes to the racing you know you're you're going as hard as you can and you're just hoping you don't make a mistake in the process so it's pretty gnarly what she just said is that doing backflips and other stunts like that isn't hardcore enough for her That's what. That's exactly what she just said. That's awesome. Well, no, she said she, that I, it's I, safer I, I than you think. I don't do backflips. <laughs> I haven't done a backflip yet. I need to. <laughs> oh, see, we just put something on her list. Okay, there you go. Right, uh, there. your parents are going to hate us. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe she'll do it in the truck. In the truck, yeah. Yeah, I mean, flip a trophy truck. Yeah, I mean, we have friends that built the hot uh, the Hot Wheels. Yeah. Vehicles and Pastrana yeah. backflipped yeah. a monster truck. Oh yeah. So, so yeah, the we're, we're there. <laughs> no Sarah Price, first person ever to backflip a trophy truck there you go challenge is set can you do it <laughs> i'm down i would so do that <laughs> see we're gonna start something right there right here you heard it first on skidmark, <laughs> on skidmark show totally right there did. what's next in the career for sarah who has done practically everything there is to do in the world of racing is there another challenge that you're looking down the pipe at uh, what was that again? Is there another challenge that you want to do you haven't done yet? I mean, you've, you've done the off-road motorcycle and done the trophy trucks. Is there another style of racing you want to get into next? You know, honestly, um, rally is something that's on my my sites right now. I'm, uh, I'm kind of starting to learn the navigation side of things to transfer over into maybe something like that, more or less, because I recently won the Hoonigans Wanted Challenge, which Hoonigan had a select few females that they chose, and we got to do a hill climb the winner did and i was fortunate enough to win it and get to do my first ever hill climb in a fiat 124 rally car and it was pretty pretty freaking cool and, and not knowing much about street racing or anything like that i uh you know i kind of kind of found like a new little a new little love for wanting to get on some asphalt nice yeah i like that cool well, that's kind of cool because you're talking old school rally not the rally cross that's a rally right rally yeah. rally yeah that's awesome yeah Right. Yeah, so it, it seems pretty cool. So I, I might want to try that out, dude. 
Well, Sarah, thanks for joining us today. You have uh, so much life ahead of you now. You've, you've already conquered the world. Well, and times. she's actually made us look really bad because I oh, look back and I go, take a lot. What, what did we do Nothing. with all of our time <laughs> on Earth? You know, at, at 25, I didn't have $17, no. much less 17 I still don't, championships. actually, and I'm a little older Wait, than 25. You guys played tires. That's all that matters, right? That's yeah. right. That's right. Well, you know what? I always thought you can't take it with you. No. That was my motto. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, except the, the bill collectors want you to give some of them the money, too. Well, I always spending... took care of my bills. So I okay. Just, I, mean, <laughs> I took care of that. No, no All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Uh, congratulations on everything you've already accomplished and, and so much luck for the future of you and your racing career. It's awesome to see someone doing it all. You're, doing it, you're an inspiration to me, and I'm, I'm an old, um, funny-looking guy. So there you go. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It was great getting to chat with you guys. Thank you so much. You want to know what I'm going through right now? Yeah. No. Do I? You kind of looked at me weird when you said that. Well, I was just thinking of some visuals. Oh, I was going to tell okay. you you should go out there and take your testicles and put them in the vice. Yeah? And that's oh. what I feel like right about. Talk about the SEMA crunch. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> woo! Woo! I keep talking about my pants off and you keep saying no and then you bring this up and say, okay, hey, SEMA crunch. All I'm telling you is everybody thinks it's make-believe. Everybody thinks, oh, it's all producer-driven for hype and all kinds of crap. It's I'm here to tell you guys, it doesn't matter what year it is, where you're at in a build, you can think you're way ahead of the game so how many um days months weeks behind are you for the SEMA crunch well we're not going to fail so it's not okay. about how many days months weeks behind you are it's just how many hours are we going to put in to make up the time that we've wasted and that answer is all of them. yeah totally what are you building are you serious where have you been 63 <laughs> ford falcon baby roush powered babe 800 horsepower supercharged just make sure it's still still the same car it is okay. it is and then i've got a super secret build See? i can't even talk about that oh it's, but that's what i it's was actually super Super secret build, but you put that on top of the plate. Okay. That was already full with the Falcon. So if I ask yeah. you what the super secret build is, I can't tell you. Is, okay. Correct. But you'll see it at SEMA. Okay. I'll All right. See it at SEMA. Yes. That's as far as I can go with that. But back to the Falcon build. Okay. Luckily, we've had some great folks jump on board lately, and like Griffin Radiator jumped right into the game. We're making the radiator custom fit to the Falcon because you know we're we're morphing two cars with a lot of technology difference between '63 and 2014. Yes. So originally we were going to use the stock radiator radiator for from the mustang but it's really too tall and it's too wide so how do you do that i mean because to make it work we were gonna have make to make a radiator how do you make a radiator yeah. you call the guys at griffin and you say these are the dimensions i need this and is how many it. core radiator and they're like so uber smart that they put it in the little computer and they build it and <laughs> weld it together and ship it to you Nice. I like yeah. to zoop, zoop, zoop. Did you like that? I did. I like to do that too. Very, yeah, I know. But right. see, that that's the funny thing about all this stuff. It, it's never easy. Anytime you're taking something that really doesn't belong in a vehicle, you've got a lot of other obstacles to overcome. Yeah. You know, it's wheel and tire combinations. It's radiator. We're working with fuel cell issues because right now we've got to run two separate pumps because we want to keep all the factory gauges, which was my bright idea, to keep in the car. <laughs> so to keep those gauges running versus putting one aftermarket gauge, like yeah. a lot of people would say, oh, screw that. I don't want to use the factory gauge i'm gonna use an aftermarket one i'm gonna hide it in the glove box oh yeah yeah but you know at some point keeping all the original gauges may turn out to be beneficial to the the car just in general well i think it's cool because at the end of the day when you're behind the wheel of this car you're gonna feel like you're in a 2014 mustang sweet you know it may not be as well insulated as a 2014 <laughs> mustang you mean at all well in 63 you know they had uh very limited resources for that stuff so the doors were metal yeah a lot of things were steel back then because it wasn't as many 
safety concerns as there is today. Yeah. It so. was more fun back then. How do you know? I had a 68 bug. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, they can be kind of scary sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, this car will be freaky scary. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Anytime you have 800 horsepower in a car that came out of the factory with 95... That's a bit of a jump. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got extreme braking power with bare brakes. Everybody's been on board with the deal. We've just got to buckle down and make it happen. While I've never built a car like this, I feel your pain. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm with you. And for all you listeners out there that want to feel my pain or well, watch my pain or laugh at my pain. Yeah, let's do watch and laugh at because I don't know how many. <laughs> you can follow it all with hashtag codename Keanu. Are you ever going to tell anybody why codename Keanu? Yes. At SEMA, we're going to reveal the real name. But codename Keanu is a hint. It's a hint. Yes. And it all makes sense in the very end. I'm just, because we've gone over this and there's been so many secrets when we're talking about there's a secret bill that you can't tell me about. And then there's the code name Keanu. You can tell me about the bill, but not the code name. And so the Well, everybody thing... knows it's a, it's a 63 Falcon. The car right. is out of the bag. Right. All we're keeping a secret at this point is the actual name of the car. Code name. And the only reason we're keeping it a secret, uh -huh. believe me, because once it's out, everybody's going to want to steal it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So hashtag code name Keanu. Now, is this the kitten Keanu, the movie with Key and Peele? Or Are is you trying Keanu? to, I mean. I'm just making sure there's two the Keanu's. cars of falcon right and the and keanu in the movie was a cat so hashtag codename keanu you got it all right download skidmark show at itunes soundcloud podbean castbox skidmarkshow.com and follow us on social media at the instagram facebook's and all of it and if you don't like listening to it the first time try it again <laughs> it doesn't work like powered by Bill. Bill.